Hello and welcome to Board Stupid, the podcast that loves talking tabletop board games, D&D and other awesome stuff. I'm Wayne. I'm Simon. I'm Tom. We're just now talking about the things we love that are worth geeking out over. So Simon, are you ready? Let's dial this in. <laughs> Tom, are you ready? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm ready to start a smartphone company. Who'd have thought? Let's dive into this week's episode. This week we played Smartphone Inc. We played as a series where we talk about an epic board game that we played this week. And this week is the market manipulating, tablet arranging, phone producing, network building, surprisingly cutthroat Smartphone Inc. In this episode we'll be diving into the things we liked and breaking down the elements that make it great. Because at the end of the day we only play awesome games. And Smartphone Inc. is the best type of hostile takeover. In Smartphone Inc, you become a CEO of one of the largest smartphone producing companies in the time when smartphones were only beginning to conquer the world. You research technologies, you develop your factory, build your worldwide office network, and outprice your competitors to become the most profitable and successful smartphone company in the world. Smartphone Inc plays one to five people, is designed by Ivan Lashin, with art by Victor Miller Gauser, and published by Cosmodrome Games. Let's have a chat about what we always do first and the components and art design. Yeah, I'm sat here looking at the box art and it's an interesting one. It has the words economic board game at the top, which to me is not the biggest of draws, honestly. <laughs> it's, a real, it's a real eye catcher, isn't it? Yeah, the, <laughs> the sort of game that you see on the shelf and you go, that's a really strange, it, very dry sounding concept. You go, that's, a board, that's a board game. It definitely <laughs> drew my eye. I think it's because the guy that can't I can't help but be, think it's Richard Osman for those That's of you who exactly are familiar what I was thinking, yeah. with a sizable beard, or yeah, beard looking but... very confused at a tablet yeah, yeah. um so yeah an interesting box art it's kind of dry looking I guess it's that tech world that might draw I mean yeah it's kind of eye-catching for it's not looking like the most eye-catching kind of game if that makes any sense normally they're really big brass bright and yeah. Yeah. in your face this is very much a I think subtle can... bite and therefore standing out due to its subtlety yeah, I think you can probably apply that approach to a lot of the art design in the game. If we focus on that a little bit first, it's it's practical and functional, but it ain't beautiful. Yeah, it's not an ugly game, but no. it, it is a it's a control panel board. Is how mm. I think I described it once when we played it. Yeah, the board the board looks like an old sort of sixties or seventies style uh, foam board. Almost. Yeah, you can imagine this being in a, a lair somewhere and it would have little light up uh, cities. <laughs> and, oh, they've taken felt, Moscow. But very functional and necessarily so for, for that clean design. Yeah, it's incredibly clean, the art design. As you say, it is incredibly functional. There is no mistaking what everything is for, everything has a place. And I guess it is in keeping with what you're trying to do, right? You're a smartphone CEO. You are attempting to build your smartphone empire. I mean, how else can you make that possibly more artistically interesting? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, think to be flashy with it, with to draw attention away from its core design, really. Yeah, I think arguably as an initial criticism, if you wanted to throw it, is you probably could be. They could have maybe been a little bit more adventurous with the art direction. But I don't think it's important in this mm. game. No, I, I I quite like it. There's a there's a huge amount of stuff on the board. There's a lot going on on the board. It's very neat and organised, and it's not cluttered. Yeah, there's a lot of iconography, which is super clear, big bold icons, which you immediately understand once you've got the rules down. Yeah, it speaks to my love of clean technical design for sure. I don't dislike it at all. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm. And it's a very nicely produced piece of gaming as well with that double layered board that we all like with the recesses yeah you don't you don't see that very often it's it's a full size game board that's double thickness and lots of sort of recessed trays for mm. you to dump pieces into as a result yeah let's pivot and talk about those components starting with that board and it is it's a beast of a board mm. when you look at it in the box it's what probably inch and a half thick it is it's a beastie 
And uh, like you say, it's double thickness, so with cutouts for various tiles, cutouts for cubes. Yeah, it's massive. It's like the biggest dominating part of the box, pretty much. It's probably half of the storage in the box. Probably half of the storage in the box. Uh, it's a beast. Uh, well put together, absolutely rock solid, weighs a ton, and is pretty much, like you say, unique from my experience. I've never seen a board that is double thickness and with cutouts, like the Scythe player boards, but a massive yeah, I board. I can't think of any off the top of my head. And if you guys don't know it, I certainly won't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Alongside this amazing board, which again is covered in iconography and places to put tiles and what have you for the game mechanisms, you also have a couple of cardboard tiles for your tablets in the game, which we'll get into. Remind me of my very first mobile phone, apparently made out of cardboard. Yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of like an iPad, right, with, with apps on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much the simplified app view that you're used to seeing for yeah. For so my iPads, first smartphone. Yeah. yeah, but like yeah, these are the this is essentially the player boards. It's the uh, yeah, it's it's sort of like you know um, adult adult friendly. That's that's probably not the right way of saying it. it's sort of like uh, <laughs> accessibility like accessible, friendly. Yeah, accessible yeah. icons, very very large icons for people with chubby uh, fingers. <laughs> that, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Two yeah. two double sided boards, each with uh, space for six icons each, uh, which drives the core mechanic where you have to create your mobile device which is you're being produced and there's all of the icons on there give you certain in-game functionality um, yeah and we'll, we'll dive into something very special about this game a little bit later on when we talk about the mechanisms because it does a couple of very unique things which i think are fascinating yeah you get um, some little add-ons to adapt and modify your mobile tablet um, which is a little two a two by one piece uh, the main tablets are two by three uh, so you can kind of overlap these add-ons throughout the game. And then you get a tray full of little icons. Uh, you've got your cubes, which represent your stock as you create it. You've got progress markers, which are little staircases. And you have office buildings, which you place onto that lovely double thickness board in, in their little recesses, which will little show houses. your market. Yeah. yeah, all housed within individual plastic trays which have you know little recesses for everything there so yeah, when very, you're set very clever yeah it's pretty clever so when you're setting up the game it's great you just give out a plastic tray to everybody and all of their bits are ready to go mm. yeah so rather than sorting the red from the green from the blue of the cubes and the same yeah. for the offices you just go there you go blue player here's your cubes staircases yep. hotels all together sort of bags full of full of pieces everything stuff everything's organized into a tray for you you can pick it up take it with you and it's one of these sort of vacuum formed trays with a place for everything the bottom of each tray compartment yeah is printed with the corresponding icon yeah this goes here yeah this goes here and then there's there's sort of like a little slotted area for the various patents that you can unlock so every piece has somewhere to sit in the tray as your sort of player aid, which is very, I'd, very I'd never put my tokens in that till Nick pointed it out the other day. Yeah, well, yeah, I, really I, cool, yeah. I think we noticed yeah. this this on this playthrough. I wish more board games did that. Some sort of compartment which you can just dish out to players as opposed to giving me a bunch of plastic bags which I have to then sift through, open up, pour out on the table and then put everything back into tiny plastic bags. Mm. This is a much better solution. Yeah, to come part of the game is a very clever piece of design. I know there's a good number of companies out there that are essentially focusing in on that part of the board game culture. Yeah, of Game trays. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, custom bespoke pieces and go, oh, you own this game? Here, here's a specifically designed tray system, which means you'll be able to do exactly this mm -hmm. every time. And uh, this one comes with it, which is, is great. It's nice, yeah. You also have a bunch of, um, I suppose these are player shields, right? Akin they're, to kind of like shields. a yeah, sure. shield, like so, a rising sun. So people sun can't see your, your plotting and scheming. Yeah, exactly and that. To assist you with the basic times tables. Yeah, <laughs> it's, got, it's got multiplication tables <laughs> on the back, which will give you a, a flavor already if, if you're going to like this game. <laughs> It's got maths in it. Economy board game. Economy <laughs> board game. Exactly that. And then just a nice big score tracker, which considering the double thickness of the main player board, I'm surprised they didn't do that for this because it would have been nice to have that double thickness. It would. It's Yeah, I mean, by comparison only, it looks a bit flimsy, but in reality, it's perfectly serviceable. It's perfectly so. Yeah, you're quite right. That's pretty much it, I guess. You've got your tiles. You've got your player mats. You've got your giant double thickness board, a scoring tile. A heap of factory tiles and some retailers, which we'll get into during the main uh, main mechanics of the game. 
Okay, so Simon, how do you win a game of smartphone ink? As with a number of games, and particularly an economic board game, as you'd imagine, this is a victory point tracker. Uh, very much related to how you play the game and essentially represents your profit. You yeah. Are, it's a, it's a, a monop- not a monopoly Mo- game. Market control. There we go. Yeah. The, the more experienced Tom has better words than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, market control, that's probably right. It's a full-on economy euro. It's played over five rounds, and each round has eight phases in it. And for those listening that are thinking, oh my god, eight phases, are you joking? It's not as bad as it seems, really. No, it's really one phase, one setup phase, which is the main core of the game. One big, long planning phase. The rest of it is just playing out the process. It's not that you have to functionally perform eight phases five times. And, and, and really, the only sort of two main phases that take any significant amount of time are the planning phase and the the final phase where you're selling all of your pieces. Sort of scoring, I scoring guess. Yeah, scoring, yeah, yeah. scoring. Yeah, scoring and selling. We'll break down those phases individually and, and talk about them because they are all interesting in some way or other. The first one being absolutely the shining point of this game in my opinion and the most fascinating phase and that is the planning phase where essentially you are creating your business strategy for that year if we say that smartphone ink is played over five rounds imagine that's five years of your smartphone business yeah that's a reasonable uh, analogy so in each year you're going to start the year by creating your business strategy your business plan using these two tablets which is what the game references which are your uh, two by three cardboard tiles with a bunch of different logos printed on them in what is a unique fascinating interesting fun uh, mechanism mm. you're sort of playing i don't know how how, what you, how you describe it jigsaw you, you like combine them together in whatever orientation you like covering up some symbols and revealing other symbols they must overlap in at least one space out of the six on each tile. Yeah. And the resulting shape determines the icons that are available to you that then determine how all of the following phases resolve. Yeah, you've got like a a bunch of different icons on these um, cardboard tiles. You've got research and factory and production distribution and... price setting whether it's costing more or less per unit and that and the cost per unit is one of the key things because that determines play order but then will also determine the number of points you get exactly that for each unit sold so it's a a dichotomy of balance, as I'd imagine it is in the real life world. Yeah, it's a gamble. Do we it's, do we want to sell a uh, hundred yeah. at fifty quid, or do we want to sell fifty or a hundred quid? Cheap yeah. shit phones. Cheap <laughs> shit phones. Yeah. So it's important to note as well that every player's two tiles are exactly the same. They are double sided with a variety of, like, say, icons. Which already gives you a huge amount of different combinations that you can make. The only starting difference is everyone starts with an additional two by one tile which you could add on top of those two tiles in some configuration and and that's slightly different for each player yeah they're almost arbitrarily themed to your locate starting location on the board so australia will have a certain combination of you know maybe plus one shipping and plus one research whereas india will have minus one cost of uh, production but also one more production so they make more but cheaply um, you don't have to put these onto your tile. Uh, you can keep these as a just a bonus production tile yeah. separate Again, to the game. They're double-sided, so if you don't want to use them in some way, you can just cash them in for extra production each round. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it's essentially it's a little tile puzzle, effectively. Yeah. It's a little tile puzzle you, that you everyone can, plays. You can choose it. which mm. icons to cover or uncover as long as you follow that one caveat of at least one square must overlap the other tile to create one solid tablet. Yeah, and if you follow our Insta page at instagram.com forward slash boardstupiduk, B-O-A-R-D, you'll see some pictures of what we're talking about because it is a a fascinating design. And at that point, everyone is doing that behind a screen and that will essentially, your decisions on the shape that you make with your two tabs will determine the strategy that you've got for that entire year and will essentially then dictate what benefits you get in the resultant phases. And in what order you resolve them. So once everyone has picked their 
their shape. I don't know how. How am I going to describe this? Once everyone's put their they're, their tabs they're, in they're, place, uh, what was it? You, you said it was like the it's the uh, strategy. Pick their strategy. It's, well, business it's plan. The, the the business plan. Yeah. Once business everyone's plan. determined their business plan behind the player shield, everyone reveals at the same time, and we'll dive into a little bit about what Tom said earlier. Why it's kind of important to stick it behind a shield because the first of those resulting phases, uh, so the second phase, I guess, of the game is. Price setting. That's right, yeah. Everyone starts at the beginning of every round on a cost of five per unit. Five hundred pounds, whatever you want to call or it. Arbitrary so, five. Yeah, yeah it's, five. It's simply a multiplier for the number of units sold, is, um, yeah. which will then determine your victory points. Um, you can then, in the design of your tablet, either choose to maintain a level cost of five and you'll stay there. You can try and up the price of your per unit cost or you can lower the price of your per unit cost. The lower your unit cost, the sooner in the round you'll take yeah. action. Determines who goes first. Obviously, if you if you end up on the same price point as someone else, there is another decider. It's sort of reverse victory point order. But yep. for the most part, it's going to be the price point setting determines who goes first in every subsequent phase, which can become really, really cutthroat. It can be very cutthroat, and it can be game-defining. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, has some, it's somewhat analogous to the real world as well, and I think it's quite thematically appropriate because obviously if you get your phones made cheaply and quickly, you get them to the market first. Absolutely, yeah. It's very much a case of, uh, yeah, well, no, mine might not have all of the options, but no, it's cheap, right? It's 20 yeah, quid. It's, it's 20 quid, mate. You want it? 20 quid burner phones. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to your, you know, your iPhone. Yeah. Phase three is the production phase. At which point you're going to count up all of the production symbols that you've uncovered on your business plan and then essentially make that number of phones. With a bonus, depending on how you overlap your tiles as well. You get additional you actually get additional production by having the tiles overlap more. Yeah, so if you give yourself less options, you can focus entirely on producing yeah. units of phones. Absolutely, yeah. You can hone in on the production by having essentially fewer features, less distribution. You're doing nothing but churning out units. Yeah. Of course, early rounds, you're in a very limited market. You are starting in your base area and nowhere else. You can't mm -hmm. sell phones beyond your home, as mm -hmm. it were. So there's a, a limit to how much you want to produce to start with because yeah. produce more than you make, you can't sell them. They go to, go to waste. Chuck them in the river. Yep, just throw them in the sea. Exactly. <laughs> Don't throw them in the sea. Don't That's do bad. That. Board Stupid does not condone corporations throwing phones in the sea that they've made too many of. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> but yeah, it's quite clever. And also, you can go back to that little player tray that you get given. You mm. just move the cubes from one section of your tray to the, I guess, produced phones section yeah, of the tray. Like, it's your warehouse. It's your stockpile of stuff ready to be sold. Which is quite nice. Yeah. I like it. It's a nice little feature. I mean, yeah, you don't have to take some out, put them on the table, and then risk knocking them over while you wait to uh, place them on the board. Yeah, because there's a there's a uh, few phases between the production of your units and then placing them on the board. And again, that will come in a specific yeah. order. So you do need that little holding area, which is... Yep. Nice to be added in there. You then go to phase four, and this is where that player order comes into play. So those with the cheapest phones then start getting a benefit therein because they can start to act first. And this is an interesting one. This is the factory upgrade phase where you're essentially just picking a tile to improve your production capacity potentially. Grabbing more options. Yeah, grabbing more options. Yeah, it can diversify the makeup of that tablet puzzle that you're making. So where you might That's have... It. And a plus one price next to a distribution, you might be able to pick up a double production. Mm -hmm. So now you can just completely cover those two uh, basic spaces. Yeah. So, so each year increase. there's a there's a draft of tiles made available for everyone that they have. Uh, each of them is a two by one tile with two symbols, and if you get to go first, you get to pick first, yep. which means you can specialize however you like, or you could take a tile that you think someone else might want to take. Mm -hmm. Um, ah, there's yeah. some good old hate drafting. Yeah, <laughs> hate drafting. My favourite kind of drafting. <laughs> drafting with pure spite. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to win. <laughs> <laughs> here to make sure Wayne loses. I'm just here yeah. to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great, guys and girls. Even even at this point, I, I still sit playing with these two and watch them. Play against each other. I'm just there in the background, <laughs> <laughs> Build, building my little thirty quid phone. 
vaguely extending my distribution in the southern hemisphere and they're just like no i'm moving to europe no i'm moving to europe well i'm in china screw you <laughs> aggressively distributing phones around the world yeah. oh my god so like you say tom you've got a tile draft essentially and mm. the, having the cheapest phones means you get the first pick of those tiles which are pretty much the only bit of randomization in this game I can't think of anything else. Well, no, fun. yeah, that's it. it yeah, it's, uh, yeah it, it's really, really structured gameplay. It yeah. only happens in the way that you... I mean, you might not get the perfect desired result, but it only happens in the way you set out your tablet. It is... In t- there is nothing... There's nothing like a dice roll that will prevent you from doing anything. There is no random card that will mess up your plans. Your plans are yours alone which is quite an interesting defining feature of this. I mean, it's a defining feature of quite a lot of Euros, but as we'll talk about a little bit later, this is also a Euro with surprisingly cutthroat player interaction. You then move into phase five, which is R&D. I really like this stage. I like it, Just the concept of it overall. Mm. These six researchable areas that sit along the bottom of the board with this, and again, in the recessed board, small removable tile. Each one requires a certain amount of research and development. So again, depending on how you set up your tablet, you might not have put much into your R&D. You might have heavily focused into your R&D to get the early unlock. Mm -hmm. If you manage to unlock it, uh, first of all, you pick up the small tile and actually gain end-of-game victory points. You've basically got the patent for that technology. For example, 4G or Wi-Fi or extra battery life. Yeah, you become the market leader. And along with those uh, end-of-game victory point bonuses you then get an ongoing bonus for all following rounds, uh, which will affect different phases depending on which like, market uh, you unlock. Passive abilities. Mm. Uh, they give you additional sort of market availability. So some of the different regions are interested in 4G. Some of the regions are interested in uh, Wi-Fi, for example. They give you additional people that you can sell your phones to in different regions depending on, depending on where you go to. And they give you the passive benefit for unlocking the effect. Some of those passive benefits are super useful. If you spend some time in your business plan focusing on R&D, you can do things like unlocking the ability to sell three phones that you wouldn't, either be able, wouldn't otherwise be able to put on the board and sell. So you don't waste so much production. You can get some victory points out of it. Or probably my favourite, I think everyone's favourite one, is the, 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 I think it's the, is it the 4G one? 4G, yeah. Where you've normally got a limit to how you can put those 2 by one tiles on your tablet. They, they must fully sit inside the envelope of the, the, the two main big tiles. Yeah, the shape that you've made, yeah. but this breaks that and says it's you can actually like, overhang. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to put them wherever I want. Yeah, it's like crazy. bolting a Game Boy SP on the back of your Nokia flip phone. And <laughs> yeah. having... I, I, the, one, the one that I'm thinking of is like an old style Game Boy with all of the peripherals bolted on. Yeah, it. that's kind of what yeah, your yeah, player yeah. board looks like. a horrible abomination. It's just like, it. got a magnifying glass and then like two speakers hanging off it and then like a thing at the bottom <laughs> yeah. for extra battery. Yeah, very very like... much a how the hell do you even play this yeah. or hold this kind of deal. Exactly. But... So, which is really cool. And what else have you got on there for? Uh, gaming so gaming reduces the cost of all of your other subsequent upgrades oh, yeah which, which is, is really a great cool. one and so, you can get a nice cascade with that as well because yeah. some of the lower ones uh, become effectively one point each mm-hmm. so if you unlock uh, the gaming one everything else becomes cheaper so yeah, you can kind of so, go I'll unlock that first and then subsequently I'll unlock that and I'll unlock that and I'll unlock that yeah. uh, Wi-Fi lets you have a second office in a region normally you can only have a one yep. office so you get more control over uh, the region of your choice we'll talk about that when it comes to business scoring but that's also mm-hmm. very interesting and it's also important to note that once you do spend some of your business plan in R&D and you've discovered the patent for one of those technologies, you then subsequently make it cheaper for everyone else. Mm. You do, yeah. Again, it's a cost-risk-benefit. Everyone Uh sneaks in and starts stealing your technology. We talked about those progress markers right earlier in the game as part of the components. If you don't have enough R&D, so say, for example, Wi-Fi is four R&D points. If I've put in only three R&D on my business plan, so three R&D icons are showing on my tabs i can put three progress markers in there which means this year i don't get that but next year i might be able to get that however if simon researches it for four he takes the patent tile it reduces the cost by one to three now because i've got three progress markers in there 
I also get the benefit of yeah, that straight passive. Away. Straight away. Straight away. So it's like a forced open source information of exactly. the technology well, well, development. I like to think of it as like uh, industrial espionage. espionage sure, you know, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh, more like you've discovered it, it goes to market, and one of you know the opposing companies breaks open the phone yeah, to work out how it works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, reverse engineer it. You're already it's there important. waiting. Yeah. yeah, it's the Samsung Apple constant like <laughs> inter-lawsuiting. After R&D, and again... Sorry, just one more thing. That is also done in turn order. Turn order in mm-hmm. uh, price order. So, if you want to be the first to get those patents, then make sure you've got a cheaper yeah, phone. And you and get the it to market quicker. Patents can really add up. I think the patents decided the game both times we played. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Having more patents means you've got more potential customers who will buy your phone regardless of price. Well, yeah, it opens the market and it allows. It gives you that end of game bonus. I think between Nick and I, we had about 40, 50 bonus points at the yeah. end of the game. Yeah. So. Well worth it. It's a big one. Then in phase six, you've got your distribution, your logistics phase. And again, there's a specific icon for this. Works in much the same way as the R&D. Yeah, each new territory uh, will have a desired amount of logistic required. So if you want to move into the USA, you need to have four distribution markers placed in there, whereas Canada only requires two. So you might want to move into Canada because it's easier. But it's got far less uh, of so an open market. A smaller, a smaller market, less options for you to then sell to consumers in that market. Plays in quite well, I'd imagine, to the real life equivalent that it's easier to get to here, but you'll be able to do less when you are here. Yeah. You move to the USA, you move to Europe, you've got a wide open market who want everything at every cost. But it's but an expensive setup. But boy, will you setup. get taxed to crap getting well, there. It's an expensive it's setup. Yeah, it's interesting because some of the areas are quite clearly tailored to reflect the regions as well. So, for example, like in, in the Emirates, in the, in the middle of the board for the Middle East, you've only got a small number of regular consumers who are consequently willing to buy very expensive phones and they have interest in specific technologies for that region certain other regions like china for example has lots of consumers but most of them don't have a lot of money to spend on phones mm. yeah, it's, it's quite interesting how each of the regions is sort of tailored to sort of uh, reflect that market yeah, and you can make a lot of interesting decisions on how you want to play that a couple of games ago i essentially moved very slowly i didn't need to distribute much further than my starting homeland i think i only went to a total of three places on the whole game board overall but i locked down those areas mm-hmm. really well i made sure that i could sell as much as i could to as many variables within those states so. grab all the corresponding technologies that overlap between those regions particularly mm. if you pick a, a large region and you just you camp there and you make sure that you're going to be able to sell your phones to every available consumer in that region. You can you can quite easily lock it up for domination. Yeah, yeah. it feels like doing the best market research available. Mm. You don't undersell, you don't overprice, mm-hmm. you don't spread yourself too thin. You just go, actually, yeah, these people really want this. I'll see, I'll, I'll make sure I can do, well, mm. I'll do my best to mm. make me the, the best option for these people effectively. And say, for example, during the business planning phase, I focused entirely on my logistics. I've generated eight logistics icons on my tablets and my extra additional factory upgrade tablets. I can move into Europe for four of those. Then I can move directly into the USA for another four. I can sort of cascade my empire across the world if I've got enough distribution power. And the other thing to point out is that as more offices are added to each region, those regions become more competitive. And the reward for having a controlling stake in each of those regions scales almost exponentially. It gets higher. That's right. Yep. And some regions are obviously a limited size as well. So not everyone can move into the Emirates. Mm -hmm. Not everyone can move into Canada. USA, Europe, China, much larger overall market. So everyone can eventually get a share of that. Mm. But if you get in early and you get the bonus unlock from that certain tech that allows you to place that second office, you can nearly shut down the market if Mm. you time it well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just yeah, simply with, with you, Wi-Fi, you can you can end up with some regions where you only have two players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you simply well, stop the rest of the players being able to which get is, it. Which is where that turn order is also very important. So, say for example, in Canada, there are two offices there already. You know, if this round I get to act first, I can be the final person in Canada 
I'll lock off that region for the other two, potentially the other two players. No one will ever be able to spread there. They'll yeah. be able to sell their phones in that market. Moving on to phase seven, probably the most important phase in terms of generating victory points. Phase eight is the actual scoring, but mm. phase seven is where you're going to get those points yeah. from, right? This is, this is the phase where you make as few friends as possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seven and eight is kind of the same phase, in my opinion, anyway. You are placing... Yeah, it's determination and then calculation. Exactly that. And again, in player order. So whoever's got the cheapest phone gets to rush their phone to market first, and they get to sell their phones, which is essentially placing the cubes that you've put aside during the production phase, phase three, onto the player board in specific spots where you can sell. Mm -hmm. Yep, you've got to be in the market that you're trying to sell in, so you have to have an office there. You always start in a region, and if you've just decided to logistic distribute your way further to other regions, they're an open market for you as well. Mm -hmm. Each of the locations has a specific requirement, uh, which is a price cost. They'll pay no more than a certain amount, and there's a varying scale on that. They've then got the tech that they'll also buy from you. Some of the larger regions, for example, might have lots of different consumers, or you might have consumers that are, uh, I suppose, richer than other regions. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in Europe, you have four consumers shown, four, five, six, and seven on the on the spaces. As long as your cost corresponds with those prices or is lower, you can sell a phone to each of those people. You can place your cubes in any order you like, spread out among the spaces that you have um, available access to. And you can do this very, very strategically because you can have a look and see what which players are, are present in which regions competing with you, for example. And you can place a certain number of tokens in each of those regions in order to try and secure dominance. Mm -hmm. And the dominance is very important because, because it's you... that, that additional control point um it's a heap of extra points victory points yeah for each region that you can control particularly as the regions become more competitive and they have more markets in them in europe as an example you've got eight different spots where you can place a phone you can sell to only one person can sell to each spot uh, four of those are numbers, four, five, six, and seven, which, as Tom says, that's the value of phone that they'll buy up to. Um, so if you set your price at four and you have generated a heap of phones, if I then put a phone on four, on five, on six, and seven, I've pretty much dominated that market. Yeah, I mean, You've there's, got a 50% share of the market straight away. Straight away. So at, at which point, if I'm you know the most recent market in there anyway, at the most recent office, uh, I've dominated that market. Mm. You then have the technology symbols, so Wi-Fi, battery, NFC, and 4G. You can then, if you've got that technology, which you've researched in the R&D phase, you can place a cube there as well. Yeah, you might not, of course, always want to dump all of your phones into one market. Correct. Part of the game is to try and spread yourself at least a little beyond... Strategically fuck other players over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the only caveat, I think, is you have to sell to the lowest price point first of all yes. and go up. But thereafter, you don't... Fill up the regular consumers first, then you can do the special technologies. That's right. But yeah. you don't have to do all of them in a location to move on to another. So I could sell to four and five in Europe and four to five in the USA. Yeah. This, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have to do four, yeah. five, six and seven in one this, place. Correct. This phase specifically is the one where it gets cutthroat and where the player interaction is highest in this game. Mm. I think this is where it really sings. Yeah, it's all open information. Everyone knows who their competitors are in a given market. Your office marker in the regional locations will tell you who is where and who can sell in a given space. And also there's an office marker in all of the technology. So you know who has researched what and who can sell what type of phone. So if you know that someone only has a price point of five and can sell 4G, if you fill up those two spaces, they're right. out of the market. It doesn't matter <laughs> that they can't sell it. It doesn't, ma it doesn't yeah. matter that two and three are available or that Wi-Fi's and batteries are available. Yeah. They don't have a, a matching set. So. You got there first with your cheap shit yeah. phone. <laughs> and they've been, you filled up those spaces. In the last game we played, actually, Tom had uh, got a fairly decent score by, I think yeah. it was year I, I three or year four. Yeah, the first three years I was yeah. in the lead. And then in year four, I got locked out of 
my three main regions three major markets yeah, yeah i could yeah. barely sell any phones and i fell behind yeah it's uh it's super crucial this phase and which is We're why too it's expensive yeah well it's why it's so important in this game to make sure your price point is set accordingly and make sure you've got the right price for the location the, for that year for, for that, that year location. for that location for that amount of competition yeah for what your opponents are doing. Without burning yourself too much. Because yeah. afterwards, you're then scoring based on your price point. Exactly that. Yeah, so you might be able to sell a whole bunch of phones because you've gone real cheap and you've gone first. But if they're only worth two bucks each, two, yeah. then sure, sell ten at uh, two. Who cares? I've sold three at, at seven. seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, which, yeah, which is weird. Yeah, so that's phase eight, essentially. You are going to count up the number of cubes that you've managed to place on the board multiply it by your price point and then that's your victory points yeah. essentially and, and the, uh, the the dominance for the markets as well plus dominance for the markets so in each of the regions where you've sold the most phones i.e place the most cubes you'll get bonus points and if there's enough competitors in there the second place uh, will get sort of a couple of extra bonus points as well now if you got to this point in the podcast and you're thinking that sounds like a lot of maths and not much fun it's not true. The 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 mathy <laughs> bit of it, in terms of the pure mathematics of it, is very much a, the secondary thing. What yeah. you are looking for is that logistic competition. Yes. Working out not how many you can sell at what price, but guaranteeing that you produce the most in the region that you can sell the most without under or overpricing yourself out of the market and therefore going first or last. That's the thing. Yeah, you you have to rewind back seven phases and realise that you did a planning phase 10 minutes ago Mm. and you tried to work out how many phones you were going to produce, how many you thought you might be able to sell and hopefully you get to sell them all. But it's, it's going to be very difficult to guarantee that unless you also dump your price to try and make sure you go first. Yeah, almost every single game we've played of this, I think everyone has dropped their price by at least one in the hope that they'll go first. Yeah. Which just means that everyone is in the same order as they started and it goes, <laughs> it goes by the, the starting position. Uh, each region basically has a, a precedent on the, the starting score track. So someone will always go first, not necessarily because they've managed cool. to yeah. gouge their own price. <laughs> uh, but then for each subsequent round, so and uh, the next four sets of those eight phases you then do get into the real logistics of, okay, I'm now in two regions rather than one. They need this price and Mm -hmm. this price, this tech and this tech. How best can I develop that tablet? And that tablet, as we said at the top of the uh, podcast, is the key core of this game that that makes it really a standout. Depending on the number of players in the game, you're actually going to be putting on what are called retailers onto the board, which will essentially just lock off some regions to make the board tighter. Yeah sort of artificially limits the amount of space on the board to keep the the game very competitive, even when you've got fewer players. Yeah, it keeps it nice and competitive. But even so, these things are super useful because when you're using logistics to move into those regions, A, you're going to generate a heap of victory points. It's a big VP bump. Yeah, you Mm. get, I mean, the one on top here gives you 20 VP just for being the first person um, to move into that market. Yeah, they're first-past-the-post sort of milestone awards. Yeah, exactly that. You've got milestone awards. So first person gets the most points, second person there gets second most, etc. But as well as the bonus victory points, each one will also give you like a quick one-time buff or bonus. On one of the ones we're looking at now, it allows you to just literally move one of your offices from one region to another yeah. for free. Bail out of a floundering market and go somewhere else. Incredible. It's during the distribution phase, so it actually happens before you yeah, place cubes be, on the board. Uh, it can be a big control swing because you, you can, can suddenly jump into a region where you weren't before. Nobody had anticipated where you were going to be. Dominate it. And suddenly you can dominate that region. It's a super sneaky swing. There's one of them which will allow you to mid-game, again, before you're placing your cubes, so very important, adjust your price. So if you are mm. second in turn order and you drop it by one, you can immediately come first in turn order and start taking control when it comes to putting your cubes on the board and potentially dominating more regions. There are bonuses which will allow you to get just an extra production. So that one extra phone might be the difference between, you know, potentially... Five, five, six, seven points. Exactly. exactly, Okay, so let's talk about the theme-game play interaction. Tom, does the game feel thematic, and do you feel like the gameplay works together with this theme? Yeah, the the board uh, aesthetic and how the game functions in terms of um, sort of being an economy game obviously works really, really well with the fact that it's a pretty crunchy Euro game. Mm. 
I I love the how the economy works with selling phones and manipulating price points, unlocking the technologies to get access to more consumers or you know favoritism from certain consumers in in different regions. I think that's a really really clever sort of uh, interaction. Mm. And the, I, I mean, I'm not sure it's necessarily a theme gameplay thing, but the combination of the tablets mm-hmm. and the customization in the planning for your phone is is just so clever. Yeah, fully agree. It's a purposefully muted but highly functional board and component design, which marries perfectly with the theme of design and production and distribution. It's so well done. Definitely. It's 100% thematic. When you're looking at it, it looks like that everything is tech-looking. It looks like you're working in the tech industry. You're manufacturing smartphones. Everything is designed to look that way. Everything looks like an app. Yeah, Even the locations on the board have little app loading symbols on them. Mm. You know, um, Everything looks like a button of some sort. So it's well-designed in that respect. In terms of the theme interaction, theme gameplay interaction, I agree with you, Tom, 100%. Those tablets that you use in order to develop your business plan, I don't know, it feels, I don't know why. I think it might just be because of the big icons. It looks like phone apps. It looks like I'm yeah. doing something phone-like. You could Because it's so Euro-y, there's no randomization in here. They're not abstracting something. Everything is very, very focused and very tight. You could probably paste a number of themes onto this, to be honest. But it works particularly well in this particular yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's got a really really crunchy sort of economy mechanic at the heart of it which obviously works very very well with the theme of selling phones mm-hmm. but it, you could be selling anything else technological or you could it doesn't even necessarily have to be a sort of a a, a, a selling game it could it could focus more on the area control because it's got a very very good mechanic there as well for the domination sort of um, for regions mm. Yeah, you could kind of replace this with make it more agricultural, perhaps. Could be, yeah. Roll it back a hundred years, and you're choosing your crops and your water volumes, and maybe your investigations into blight or something like that. So you're yeah. controlling the elements in that way. But yeah. yeah, I think the the smartphone version is a very smart choice. I think so. I'd love I'd love to see this sort of tablet mechanic in something else. It's fascinating it's really cool what do you think about the turn length simon and the complexity and, and clarity of the rule set as we said at the earlier on five rounds of eight phases sounds like a lot it's not really you're doing the majority of the gamesmanship during your planning phase Which is simultaneous actually mm-hmm. yep so yeah yeah that's a really key point actually everyone is des- designing their tablet doing their background stuff at the same time so you really you I mean obviously you're waiting for me because i'm <laughs> well what I've, here's, 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 there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of variety there's so tablets, many yeah. possible combinations because each of these things have yeah. got a different layout the buttons are in a slightly different place on each side Double-sided. and have a different amount so some have got two distribution some have got two production some have got two research but you can't have all of those things at once nope. you have to and, choose uh, and the factory upgrades are only want. in one one line of one tile on yep. both sides, so you always have to keep that open if you want to have any upgrades. Yep. Yeah. Um, so what I've taken to doing is finding a setup I like, and then before I think, I wonder if I can optimize this better, I take a photo of it <laughs> on my smartphone because, goddamn, I know I won't get back to that same puzzle yeah. again. Uh, so yeah, that that's, would be one, one of my key hints. Uh, mm. And it becomes sort of... Um, exponentially more complicated as well particularly if you unlock 4g later on if you've had throughout the course of the game so let's say four four factory upgrade tiles so four more two by one tiles plus your core two by one tile for your your corporation plus the two big tiles and you can overlap them and have them hanging over the edges in whatever way you like there's probably millions of combinations of, of things you can do and you really want to try and maximize you know, certain symbols cover up other symbols, maybe not accidentally uncover a, a price point reduction that yeah. you don't want, or you might want to try and combine a price reduction with a price increase to balance out and stay where you were. Yeah, I use that tactic quite a bit, yeah. a plus one and a minus one. I think I accidentally 
left the plus one unveiled a couple of games ago, <laughs> which inadvertently left my price higher than I wanted. Yeah. Turns out that was a boon because it just <laughs> meant I got a huge multiplier more than I realised. Um, so that would be the crux of the time spent. The rest yeah. of the phases really just do go through very quickly because it's just a, a sheer yeah. method. There's There's no... More thinking to be done. No, the only out the what, only what other phase that takes any amount of time is is selling the phones. Yeah, um, because you want to internal, put them down yeah. in in a strategic way to try and maximise your coverage of the board and try and secure certain regions. Yeah, and lock the, other people out. And I'd say probably the first three rounds, certainly the first two rounds, you rarely get much of a clash in terms yeah. of oh, I'm going to go here to deny this space. It's, mm-hmm. it's very much case. So okay, we can both operate in this scene for now. Yeah, yeah. particularly then, when the first couple of technologies are unlocked and some people have access to technologies and others don't. That's you're right. Not, you're not competing in the same sort of technology markets. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You've always got a backup option. Yeah. Round three onwards, it gets as you say a bit more strategic and yeah. working out how you can screw over Wayne. I mean, um, <laughs> how you might disadvantage Cheers. your competitors. Disadvantage, yes. Particularly, Cheers. yeah. Particularly <laughs> since the game naturally leans towards increased production yes. in later rounds because you get the additional factory tiles as you go. Yeah. So you, you will automatically produce more, even if you're not intending to. You'll always get a little bit more production every round. Yeah. You and yeah. I late game were producing fourteen. 15 units per. <laughs> yeah. so you know if you get a, an average cost of five per unit and you're producing 15 of them so you're up to 60 lot. 75 yeah. points per round which yeah. means you start, jump start of the game you you might be selling maybe Four. 15 20 points yeah, exactly yeah. and then towards the end of the game i think we had some 65 70 some points really massive did. Point really did, yeah. it does yeah it gets big it gets big i like that this game doesn't outstay its welcome so it'll yeah. play within an hour pretty much i mean when you're you know the game it it doesn't drag. Everyone's no, doing their most of the bulk of the thinking at the same time at the beginning in your business plan. During your business plan, you pretty much know what technologies you want to go for. You pretty much have an eye on the kind of factory tile that you want. You roughly know what new market you're going to distribute into. That's all part of your planning in the first phase. So when you're resolving these things, it happens at a fair clip. And then before you know it, you're doing the next year or the next round mm. again. Mm. And before you know that, five are up yeah. and suddenly and it's had... turn four and yeah. you don't have a plan yeah, all, yeah yeah your plans have been scuppered by your competitors more for you for ever trying to have a plan i just make, make sure i don't make more than i can sell and that's about it really that, that was what happened last Sensible time I, business. I, had, I had three rounds where i didn't really have a particularly fixed plan for the technologies i tried to sink a load of progress into technologies in a fourth round and as a result Ended up getting chafted because I was going last. I had too high a price point. You guys gained the edge on technology and logistics, and I got locked out of loads of regions for a round. Yeah, I'd say in experience so far, and it may just be anecdotal from the few games that we have played, getting into the tech development, the R&D, early doors, always seems to be highly beneficial. Really, really to the point off. where I found it hard to not immediately start that same gameplay again. I think there's two routes, Simon. I think you're 100% right. You either focus on that or you do distribution to get a new market. Because yes. both of these things will allow you more sales. And that was more your aim, I think, on yeah. one of those games. You had five, six, almost seven, I think, Just at one time. Huge distributions. You were trying go, to spread go out. everywhere. Get a, little, a few options everywhere you go. Yeah. And we ended up fairly tight at the end, despite some massive point scores. There was like 15, 20 points between, between first and last. it was 20 points, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is not a lot, considering... At, at a score of over 200 each, I think. So, yeah, a point spread of less than 10% at that level. Very is... tight. Very tight indeed. Yeah, the game doesn't extend itself. It doesn't outstay its welcome. Once you've done all your planning, it goes on a clip. Uh, I think it's a really, really cool, tight design. The rules are fairly clear. Uh, I didn't have... We don't... There was a couple of edge cases where we had to look up. A couple of things, yeah. yeah but, not, um, not many. No, not massive amount. The rules leaflet isn't super heavy. In terms of the complexity and weight, I find this one a fairly difficult one to place. I've taught this to two people that aren't super into board gaming. I mean, they like board games, but they're not into it. Yeah. And so I thought the teach was actually relatively straightforward. Mm. And because of that, I'd kind of sling it back down to a two. But it's, it's crunchy. It's another one of those where the understanding of the concepts is relatively straightforward again aided by the clean design well, we talked about on the raiders episode yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um but the 
depth of gamesmanship that's possible within it. Very, yeah. very deep strategy. Huge competitive wise, yeah. But particularly yeah. with, with the two tablets for, for this planning. Is, yeah. The planning, I think, you could you could teach it to someone who's not really into board games and you say, just combine these however you like, whatever tiles you want to try and, you know, whatever symbols you want to try and get for that turn. And yeah. people will just quite happily combine them, you know, whatever. Absolutely, but, yeah. You but almost you don't can need sit there for half an hour trying to optimize it if you want to. Yeah, you could almost just, as you say, almost randomize that tablet yeah. and go, okay, let's see what this gets me. Yeah. See, and, and or, then, or just say, okay, well, I there. want to go for logistics. I don't really care what else I'm going to get this round. Yep. Just maximize your logistics. Whatever else happens, happens. It's another one of those, isn't it? It's kind of a, a two for the game, and it's a three for because this is absolutely a game I can learn more about. This is a game I can get better at. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Tom, what did you like most about Smartphone Inc.? How does the game make you feel? It makes me feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy this game. He, he's, waving, I, he's waving the tablet pieces about. Um, I, I love the tablets. This puzzle mechanic is brilliant. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. unique. Yeah, the spatial tactility. I'm going to agree with you. I'm just going yeah. to jump straight in. The spatial tactility of having those things in your hand that you can manipulate. Especially as the game goes on and you add additional options and you can unlock... 4G technology or whatever to to sort of combine things in a different way. The depth of strategy in the planning phase, I think, is enormous. It is the engine. It's the it. bulk of the engine of yep. this game that everything runs off of. Yeah, no surprise that we're in agreement on yeah. this. 100%. And I, I also really, really like how the turn order price point gamble mm-hmm. works mm-hmm. and how that is resolved in selling your phones and screwing over your competitors. It's absolutely fascinating. I've never seen anything like it in terms of gameplay. Mm. Having this peculiar little puzzle that you're doing individually, but then once you reveal it, it then turns into this cutthroat competitive economy game. And yeah, that phase, phase seven, phase eight, when you're placing those cubes in turn order, you think, yeah, I'm just placing cubes on the board. But when I'm going after you, Tom, or, or before you, Simon, everyone is invested. You're like, please don't put it there. Oh, what are you doing going into this market? <laughs> yep. Don't. I needed to sell to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you just you took half my stuff. Now I can't sell I, all my phones. Yeah. I have to throw them in the river. Exactly. Exactly. More. Yeah. yeah it's uh, it's great. There's never a point when I'm playing this game where I feel where I can switch off. I'm interested in what everyone's doing because it directly impacts me in some way or other. Yeah, yeah there's there's no denying the interconnectedness of everything. Ooh, someone, that's, someone that's grabs from that. A thing. Yeah, someone grabs that patent. Now you can grab that technology because it's cheaper. Yeah, you can spread your your progress someone, for R and D across multiple already researched technologies instead of just going for one yeah. more expensive one. How people yeah use their distribution to move into markets. Yeah. where they place that. Yeah, there's a whole heap, even down to yeah, on a small level, what factory tile they draft before you. If you've got your eye on a double logistics one and someone takes it, you're like, dang it, that will that will mess up potentially your next year's plan. Yeah, it's a fascinating, fascinating puzzle that I've never seen anything like, and I think it's brilliant. Anything you don't like about smartphone ink? Nothing's jumping out at me, honestly. I know we've said that the art design's potentially a little... Bland. But yeah. I think it works just as I, it needs to be. It, I can't see how it would be changed... I, I don't need the board to be dramatic for me because mm. it is a mechanic function type thing in this yeah. instance. You know, I we love Scythe, obviously. And That's look, a beautiful Scythe game. Scythe is a piece of art and you look at it, but it, and it still has a degree of functional math stuff in it. Yeah. And it ha- can do that combination really well. I don't think this would benefit from looking any shinier and snazzier you know you could put on all kinds of it could be a little bit more graphic. flashy yeah you could put, you could put fancy a huge benefit fancy it. flash all over it make it look like a tiktok advert but i don't want that <laughs> honestly i like i like Not, my richard osman yeah it's a little more highbrow it's it's yeah. more only connect and less question of sport i don't know why those were the two things but <laughs> Yeah, Tom, anything that jumps out at you? Uh, no, I was no. going to say the same thing. It's, yeah. it's probably the art design, but I don't know what I would change about it. I think this game is fantastic. I've got no real... I can't level a critique that isn't just, like I say, a little bit of a moan at the blandness it's, of the design. It's cosmetic. It's, it's entirely yeah. cosmetic. And even that said, it's not bad. It's just, just a bit ooh, bland. Ooh, I know what I can complain about. The player tray for the patents. 
Okay. Uh, if you move the tray, they fall out. That's about it. There you go. There you go. We don't really do complaining on this show. Well, no. We're to, we enjoy the games that we yeah. play. We only play Epic board games, as we say at the front yeah, of the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, worth mentioning briefly, there is a solo mode where you can play against Steve. Steve the AI, yeah. which Tom also noted as well, which we didn't really clock onto, actually, also can act as a dummy extra player for multiplayer games. Mm. So, so if you want a fifth player... If you don't want the retailers, you want a fifth player, you can you can add Steve into the game. The only thing being that then, you know, someone or someones are going to have to keep track of what it's doing, and that can detract from what you're doing, which isn't necessarily a yeah, good thing. It's like adding three NPCs in when you're DMing. You yeah. can do it, but do honestly... At what point are you it. just playing with yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Despite being fun, probably shouldn't do it in front of other people. <laughs> <laughs> So, Tom, I'll ask you, because Simon doesn't like this question. <gasps> Who's this game for? It's for you, Wayne. It's for me. <laughs> I bought it. You bought this it's game. It's for me. Uh, it's for people who go into a board game shop, see a game that's about making smartphones that just says economic board game <laughs> on the front, and go, hmm, that looks intriguing rather than that looks boring. But for sure, though, yes. this is for Euro game lovers. This is not an Ameritrash. No. Super yeah. extreme, you know. You have to want this type of. It's not experience. big. It's not flashy. It's not got not got random elements. It's not got sort of big chaotic moments. It's a beautifully tightly designed yeah. game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you I, learning as I still am, if you tried to ask me six months ago, describe a Euro game, I'm like, this is the embodiment of Euro every, gaming. Every mistake you make is your own. You can't blame the game. There's no. There's Nothing here which isn't on you as a gamer, which is fascinating considering the level of interaction that you have and the number of possibilities that you have. Yeah, this is 100% a Euro game. If you don't like Euros, you ain't going to like it. And as I mentioned it a few minutes ago, if you like Only Connect, which I love, (laughs) but he loves that quiz show, best on TV, um, I think you'll get a kick out of this. I think it's that same kind of lateral thinking, forward thinking three steps ahead kind of thing. Right, let's jump to the conclusions then. Uh, Tom, final thoughts on smartphone ink? I, I really, really enjoy it. The, the cutthroat selling to the markets and regional control aspect is something I really, really like. I, I really like a lot of player interaction, particularly in Euros, where yeah. it's, it's less random and it's more strategy. Mm. Um, you know, I can, I can actively sabotage Wayne. <laughs> rather than just hoping for the best. Um, and the mechanics for the for the tablets is just brilliant. I, I can't say enough good things about it. It's really unique. Not seen it anywhere before. Not, not really even something comparable or that similar, I can think no. of. And I would love to see it implemented in some other way in other games because I think it's a really, really clever planning mechanic. Yeah. As, as I said a few minutes ago, just whack a tablet down see what icons are available, see what that gets you, you'll get a really good idea of where you want to go for the next round, where do you want to go. Yeah, you'll know how to play it after the first year. See how it works, then you can say next year, actually, I want to try and get this and this. Yeah, and and you can totally change your strategy on the fly almost. So one round, you can be $3 price point. Next round, you might have less distribution than you realise. So you lock in your market. So you sod it, I'll whack my price point up. No one else is here. No one else is likely to get here this yep. round. So I'll make I'll, I'll secure this. I know I'm in a region that can reward a higher cost. So go for the higher thing. It's so variable and mm. re- yeah, really rewarding. Yeah, so for my final thoughts, there is so much to like about this game. And I would 100% concur with Simon. If you look at this and thinking, nah, this isn't for me. This looks boring. Not really my kind of game. Give it a go. It's absolutely brilliant. Everything from that planning phase where you've got those... Uh, tablets to play around with and try and get the icons showing that you want to the turn order being determined by your price setting everything from the logistics moving into other people's markets and Mm -hmm. invading where they might be selling to making sure that you get to the market first and getting your your sales your cubes your your phones out onto the board before others and blocking people out of markets and then dominating them there is just a fascinating interaction in this game and the fact that everything is super tightly designed there is no randomization everything is on you the strategy is yours and yours alone and everyone's working at the same time uh, to try and 
outthink each other, to try and outdecide each other, to try and get the best strategy for that round. And I love the fact that this game doesn't outstay its welcome. It's a fairly quick game for something that's so in depth and so strategic. Five rounds. Yeah, they go yeah. they go quickly. It goes quickly. Yeah. You'll play this in an hour and you'll think that was a blast. And the amount of interaction that you've got for a Euro is great and is right up my street of games that I kinda like. Yeah, it is as you say, it's got that pure element of being really in control of everything. Yeah. And it's just how well you are doing against your competitors, uh, mm. as much as they might try and steal your fun. Uh, I think it, it, it's, I mean, obviously I'm no smartphone real person, but I think it represents that kind of idea so com- well. Yeah. Competing businesses, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to Board Stupid. Subscribe to us for updates and get future episodes of the show delivered directly to your ear holes via your favourite podcast service. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash BoardStupidUK, spelled B-O-A-R-D, and at our home, anchor.fm forward slash BoardStupid, again, B-O-A-R-D. You can find us on Instagram, again, instagram.com forward slash BoardStupidUK, B-O-A-R-D. And if you'd like our content, do us a massive favour, give us a five-star review wherever you can review us, and share the links to the episodes on social media. If you've got any feedback, comments, or questions, please do stick it in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Have you played Smartphone Inc.? What did you think of that delicate balance between price point and turn order? What's the craziest, weirdest shape that you've built with your tablet tiles? Is there something bizarre? Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again real soon. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Now we're on a podcast. (laughs) Now it's pretty good, actually. You should listen to all the episodes. (laughs) 